Today's reading is taken from Matthew 19, 1 to 12. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went to the region of Judea beyond Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he cured them there. Some Pharisees came to him and they tested him. They tested. Oh. And to test him, they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause? He answered, have not you read that the one who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. They said to him, why then did Moses command us to give a certificate of dismissal and dismissal and divorce, to, divorce her? He said to them, it was, it was because you were so hard-hearted that Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And he who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not everyone can accept this teaching, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. How many people are watching the, the Super Bowl tonight? You know it is Super Bowl Sunday. There's quite a, quite a few of you. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm waiting uh, for uh, the, the chess tournament. But... Uh, um, Super Bowl is a, is, a, is a big thing, and it's a big thing in history. Uh, throughout, uh, you know, most of our pop culture, a lot of people throughout the world watch the Super Bowl. And for many years, uh, it has been, uh, had some huge success, and then it has also been met with some criticism. And one of the things that's been criticized for is the, the commercials during the Super Bowl as being somewhat sexist. Uh, beer commercials and things like that. I think we've kind of, uh, I feel like we're, we're moving to a way to where uh, we are, are, are kind of evolving from that, uh, maybe maturing a little bit from that. But our world really does still suffer from something that is called sexism. Uh, women are, many cases, not treated equally. And I, I apologize that I am a male doing this and I, I'm not wanting to mansplain or anything like that. Uh, I'm scared, <laughs> but, but I can tell you um, there is a misgiving when it comes to this particular scripture item. Um, we, we, we love to take pieces of scripture, a sentence or two, and we love to put those on uh, a billboard or a uh, refrigerator magnets or a bumper sticker or we love to, sometimes we use them to give us encouragement. Sometimes we use them as a, as a thing to remind us of something. And sometimes we've used them to villainize other people. Uh, sometimes we have really taken out 
a certain passage, and we have thrown it at people like a weapon. Um, I want us to think about that as I talk about what's happening in this particular scripture. A lot of us, we come here thinking that it's about divorce. It's about unity, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It is somewhat, but there's more to it. Uh, time and place. Sometimes it's, it's important for us to put ourselves into the time and place when certain conversations happen. You know, sometimes you can hear things in hearsay, and you build, uh, in the rumor mill, it, it, it expands, and you have your own, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of corner of a of, of viewpoint and everything. You have your own ideas. You, you, you put so much into it, and sometimes a, a, a conversation can get morphed into something that actually uh, fits more of our times and our agenda, and we forget to actually put ourselves into that time and place. I want us to put ourselves into that time and place. First century, when Jesus was walking around the earth, this is what marriage was like. Um, they were prearranged in most cases, especially in the, the Jewish custom. Men oftentimes were married around the age of 16 to 18. Women were oftentimes married at the age 11 to 13. As soon as they were able to have kids, they were thrown into prearranged marriages. We call uh, today, it's known as a dowry, but if a person, uh, two families would get together, they would make an agreement. They would talk about the kids. The, uh, but the person that was going to marry the woman would come up with a, um, a fee. You can call it a dowry, but it was a payment. Payment to the family. And the reason you were paying that family is for their loss. Because what they were losing was somebody to work. Somebody to work in the uh, agriculture was, a, was one of the main stays, just as it is now. Um, it, it was paying for the replacement of, of that vital worker. So families would make this agreement and they would say, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have my son uh, marry your daughter. Here's the money. Uh, and then they would have like an engagement for about a year. And then they would be married. And marriages oftentimes, uh, the, the actual ceremony would last uh, almost a week. Uh, sometimes seven days. There would be different stages of it. Um, and then as soon as the, the, the marriage was, the, the seven days were filled, the, the, the couple would go into their new home. And the woman was expected to work her equal share in the house. Uh, she was expected to uh, supply uh, the, you know, things like the meals, all of the, the traditional things that we see in 1950s uh, television and things like that, you know, the cleaning, the cooking, and all of that kind of stuff, the hosting. But she was also expected to work in the fields. She was also expected to do her part as far as the manual labor was concerned. And she was expected to have children. If for any reason they could not have children, it was the woman's fault. It was always the woman's fault. If the family could not expand, it was the fault of the woman. Men were 100% in charge. Women could not give testimony in courts. 
they forget voting, they didn't have very many rights. Their rights depended on the rights that the, the, the uh, uh, husband would give them. Many times in these prearranged marriages, a lot of women were abused. We have countries right now where there are still prearranged marriages, and if you will do your research, you'll see that in some of those situations, the average of domestic violence is actually quite high. Uh, women have no say. They have no ability to defend themselves. This was the times in the first century. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't evolved as much as I would like to see us evolve from this. We, we still subjectify women in our society. Uh, we still uh, see many as objects. Women do not get paid equally, um, which is bizarre to me. But um, there is a lot of sexism going on now, and there was then. Now, what we see in this uh, time when Jesus is talking about divorce, we see him coming through, and uh, we, we often picture it as he's, you know, walking the streets and everything like that, and he's uh, surrounded by all these people, and some of these people are challenging him about different questions, and it has a little bit of debate, and he's answering them. And one of the things he answers is uh, the thing that we love to quote, marriage is between a man and a woman. We take that piece, and we have... We've used that to great, um, great prejudice against many people. But I want us to picture the scenery here. Okay? Uh, I've built the, the, the culture right now of this is, this is what was going on with women at this time. The fact that Jesus even had some women in his circle was extraordinary. It was truly revolutionary. Uh, the fact that there are women recorded in the Bible and given names is beyond belief. As a matter of fact, a lot of people use the message of the fact that women are even given credit for things in the Bible only can prove that it's true. Because nobody in their right mind at that time writing within 50 years of Jesus' time on earth would ever put that in because it would be dismissed immediately. Remember, women didn't have the right to give testimony. So putting them in as witnesses, you wouldn't do that. The fact that they did put them in means that something happened. Okay, I'm just building the, 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 the scene here. Now, let's picture the scene uh, more immediately where Jesus is sitting with people. Oftentimes, when we see this uh, acted out or something, we, we see it out in a field. You know, sometimes in our, in our, in our movies, we, we see it, uh, you know, out in a field that's supposed to look like Jerusalem, but looks a lot like California. You know, <laughs> you see the electric poles going in the background. But I tell you what, let's stretch our imagination just a tiny bit. Let's picture them in a bar. Let's picture a bunch of guys, guys in the first century, talking in a bar. There'll be conversations probably like this uh, today for Super Bowl and sports bars. Let's picture them in a sports bar. 
bunch of guys just sitting there, you know, they're, they're chugging beer and they're just talking and everything like this. And somebody says to Jesus, hey, tell me this. Can we, can we divorce our wives for any reason? Now, if you were in a bar and you walked by that conversation where a bunch of guys were just talking, saying, wouldn't it be great if we could just divorce our, our wives for any reason whatsoever? You would think, that seems a little uh, sexist. Uh, Arrogance? Ignorance? You might have a lot of other things that you might say to that. Um, I, I'm seeing the women in here and they're shaking their heads yes, so I think I'm doing okay right now. Um, but this is what's happening in this conversation. It is not a conversation that is based on just the question of marriage. Because if you were in a bar and you walked by somebody that was having that conversation where they said, wouldn't it be great if we could just divorce our wives for any reason? You, the first thing that came to your mind wouldn't be, I wonder how they define marriage. It would actually be, I hope, how dare them? Where's the respect? You see, a lot of these prearranged marriages, a lot of these times when they would purchase their wife, call it what you will, but that's exactly what was happening. Agreement between families, given the money, you now have a wife. There's a couple things missing here. Romance, for instance. Truly, in the first century, that was secondary at best. Most of them were marriages out of convenience. Most of them were marriages in the community that you had. I need, a, I need to expand the family. I need a worker. I need this. There is a 13-year-old. I will pay the family for that. And if she does not meet my expectations... I will throw her to the curve because I'm a man. And in this century, I can do that. Now, some would actually uh, pick up that uh, betrothed because they need a worker too. It wasn't about romance. It wasn't about love. It wasn't about compatibility. If you had compatibility and you had love and everything like that, that was a bonus, but it's not what the intention was. It truly wasn't. And so there's Jesus in the bar, and they're saying, hey, can't we divorce our wives for any reason whatsoever? And he's looking at these men. And this is oftentimes where we think that this conversation sways toward uh, defining marriage, LGBTQ, all, all of that kind of stuff. But in this moment in the first century, Jesus is talking just to the people in front of him. And what he sees in front of him are egotistical, chauvinistic men. Because, how do I know that? Because you don't say, can I divorce my wife for any reason? 
Do you? Okay, good. You shook your head. You get a ride home. That's great. <laughs> I will pray for you. And this is where, when they say, uh, can't we just do this for any reason? Uh, aren't we in charge, basically? Don't we have the right to do all of this kind of stuff? It, you know, Moses said that we could just give them a certificate of divorce and we could just cast them away. We could do whatever we want. If they don't serve us, if they don't meet our needs, we can actually dispose of them like we would cattle, a product, a thing. And this is where Jesus becomes the revolutionary. This is where he puts the law into their face. And he says, you know, from the beginning, it was man and woman. And when, when man and women come together, they, they become one flesh. And what he's saying there is that this is not a piece of meat. What Jesus is saying is how this is not a thing. When you marry somebody, it's equal. You can't just pick people like property. They are your equal. You need to treat them that way. That's revolutionary for the first century. It's even revolutionary in some, in some circles now. For us to say the person that you love is your equal. There are still people, there are still churches that tell people that the man is in charge. We've tried this for centuries. Look at our world. We've stunk at this. So Jesus is talking just to them, and he's saying, you know what? If you, if you think that you can do this, if you think that you can just take people and use them and abuse them as people, as just, as just a thing and not a person, it is you that is sinning. You are breaking the law. He is calling them. He is sitting at the bar among these chauvinistic men, and he is calling them on the table saying, it is you that is at fault on this if you treat women this way. This conversation has nothing to do at this point in time with the LGBT or the, the definition of, of marriage. It has everything to do with how we treat each other. That is what this has to do with. How we treat the person that we are with is a reflection of how we treat our neighbor. And that's what Christ is calling them on the carpet for. We have taken this and we have taken little pieces of it and we have pulled this out of here and we have used this as a definition and we have made people say that if you're divorced, you're, you're sinning and all this kind of stuff. We fail to put ourselves into the context of this conversation, this exact conversation, which starts out with, isn't it lawful that we can divorce our wives for any reason whatsoever? And Jesus calls them to the carpet on this, whatever that phrase means. Jesus shows a shining example that women are important. And more importantly, and so revolutionary for the first century, women are equal. This is so revolutionary 
that even his closest disciples say, better to not get married. How dare they? How chauvinistic is that? You mean I got to treat my wife as an equal? You mean I can't treat her as cattle? I'd, I'd, bet, I'd rather be single than to treat my wife as a person. That's the lesson there. More than anything that we walk away from this, that's the lesson I want us to know. Is that this was another time, and there are several in the Bible, where Jesus stands up for people that are not getting respect. That's the real important part there. And you know what's funny? Side note. We, we tag this, he tags this on. We, he, he has announced that basically this, your law says that a man is to be married to a woman, that that's, that's basically your job as people. The law says you are supposed to be with each other and you're supposed to have kids. That's it. He quotes that. He's quoting Genesis there. Man and women are to come together, they're supposed to have kids, and that's it. That's your, that's your goal. And then he says, but you know what? Some people don't. There's these people called uh, eunuchs. Uh, people that, uh, eunuchs mean uh, castrated. Now I see the fear in the guy's eyes. <laughs> he says, you know, some people are, some people are born this way. Some people have this uh, put upon them. Believe it or not, you could purchase a slave and you could force them to, have, uh, to be castrated so that you could trust them around your family. He says, you know, some people are born this way. Uh, some people have it put upon them. Some people choose it. And you know what the amazing thing he says? Eh. This is what your law says. You know, it says that we're supposed to, you know, we, men and women and all this kind of stuff. But some people don't, aren't going to do that. And that's okay. Isn't that amazing? We, we love to take the quote and use it against people. We miss the part where Jesus says, some people won't do that. And that's all right. You see, this whole passage, this whole story is not about a definition of marriage. You want to you know the truth? Yes. Uh, I believe that Jesus does not like divorce. Do you know why? Because it hurts. It hurts us. I, I've been divorced. It hurts. It's painful. And Jesus acknowledges that divorce has been present from the beginning. As Moses walked with his people, he had to confront this. As, as Jesus walks the street, he has to talk about this. There are times when it doesn't work. There are times when it doesn't work out. There are times that we make choices that later on we gain some wisdom and things just sweet. It doesn't work out. In the 80s, I had a mullet. 
That was a bad choice. I have pictures that my son will still use against me. And I also made some other choices that were not so smart. And they hurt people, and they hurt me. And I'm a firm believer that any time that we're in pain, Jesus is in pain with us. And so, yes, do I want something that I, I go into thinking that it's going to be fine, but then ends tragically? Do, does God want that to happen? No, he doesn't want you to hurt. But he also understands that it happens. Just like Jesus is saying, this is what it says, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But it's okay. The Old Testament that you follow and all this stuff, the rules about marriage and stuff, yeah, this is what it says, but sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes it doesn't happen. So the overwhelming rule here is just treat each other kindly with respect and treat them as your equal. That's the rule in this. If you came here uh, thinking that I was going to say uh, that divorce makes you a sinner, if you th came here thinking that I was going to say uh, marriage is defined by this, I, I don't know what to tell you. But what I can tell you is that Jesus wants us to love each other. But he also gets it when sometimes it doesn't work out. But that doesn't allow us to villainize or to waste a life or to harm somebody or to treat somebody less than. As Christians, followers of Christ, our job is to love each other. May we do that. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, whatever situation we're in, whether uh, it's a uh, a relationship, or whether we're just out there, whatever we're doing, please let us remember that main message there. The person that shares a life with me is an equal. The neighbor that shares this world with me is an equal. The person that I've never met is an equal. Everyone is deserving of respect, kindness, dignity, and everyone is deserving of your love. Help me be an ambassador of that. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.